Is it possible the Detroit Pistons could be reopening their coaching search after getting down to the three finalists after them maybe not impressing Tom Gores over the past week? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockdownNBA, and when you enter the promo code LockdownNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Later on in the podcast, I want to talk about with some of these prospects I'm seeing in the Pistons community. We got to stop the comparisons for some of these players that we're seeing. We got to stop it. We're going to talk about who we're talking about and why the comparisons don't make sense. We'll talk about that a little later. And then also, based off of what we're about to talk about in a few seconds here, why this news could result in a change of plans. We'll talk about what that means later as well. But let's get into the news I'm referencing here. Over the past week and a half, two weeks, we've known who the Detroit Pistons three finalists are for their head coaching position. You got Charles Lee of the Milwaukee Bucks assistant coach. You got Jaron Collins, New Orleans Pelicans assistant coach. And then you had Kevin Ali, head of coaching and development over at the Overtime Elite League. Those three guys were the finalists. And last week, we were told that they all were being sent out to Los Angeles to meet with Detroit Pistons owner Tom Gores. And after there, after those um, those interviews with Tom Gores, we all assumed that, okay, then they'd pick from one of those guys, whichever one impressed Tom Gores most, or, you know, Tom Gores would go back with Weaver and they'd both talk with each other and figure out who they'd like best. And then we'd have a hiring. Maybe, I know we were told after the lottery we would have a hiring, but the lottery's passed and we still don't have a hiring. And to be honest, it's kind of been quiet a little bit outside of the fact that once Monty Williams was fired, we heard from Shams that the Detroit Pistons could be interested in going after Monty since he was then fired. But then after the Pistons fell from one to five, Shams also said that them falling from the first overall pick all the way to five may probably hurt their chances at going after Monty Williams. And then also last week as well, we got a Bleacher Report article, I believe it was, that talked about Troy Weaver's guys, Kevin Ali. But then there's another voice in the front office that has some leeway, which is Arn Tellum. And they didn't specify whether Arn Tellum was a fan of Ali or not, but it kind of felt like to me, reading in between the lines, that Troy Weaver has his guy, and maybe some of the other guys in the front office, maybe they don't disagree or, or agree with him. Um, now, today, we got an article from Jake Fisher at Yahoo Sports where he says this, quote, um, Charles Lee, yada, yada, yada. That's not quote, obviously. Let me, let me start over. Lee, Pelican's assistant, Jaron Collins, and overtime elite head coach Kevin Ali all met with Detroit owner Tom Gores in Los Angeles last week, sources said, although it appears none of the three finalists for the position left Gores with a standout impression. 
He also goes on to say, The fact that another week has nearly passed since the team's trio of finalists interviewed with Gores in Southern California has further led several coaching representatives to question whether Detroit would perhaps reopen their search to consider more candidates. So this is... The Pistons head coaching search, it's been something, man. It's been something. I, I didn't expect for this to be... This, like this coaching search to be this big of news, to be honest, and this big of a talking point like it has been. Um, so I guess the first question is, does this mean that the Pistons' co- original coaching search, like the initial one, if they do reopen it, um, their initial coaching search, did they do it correctly? Did they do it right? And I, that's something we've talked about in the podcast quite a lot. I've quest- I questioned their process of the head coaching search many times. I understand if you didn't want to go after a, a veteran head coach. I understand if you didn't want to go after a former head coach. But to say you're turning over every stone, but you're only interviewing guys who are, are assistant coaches, and then the only guys that are like reaching finalists is like guys that have relationships with the GM, I felt like that, for me, I've said this before, I think that was just questionable. It, it was questionable at the least. I felt like there's no way that Mike Boonholzer becomes available, Kenny Atkinson's available, all these other guys are available. It doesn't mean you have to go with them, but to not even at least interview them when they're qualified candidates, probably most people would say they're probably one of the most qualified on the market, for you not even to interview them, I felt like it was always questionable. But we also had the argument of, oh, we don't know what they know, we don't know what they're being told behind the scenes in these interviews, maybe they just like these guys. Okay, whatever. But now we're at the point where it looks like that these three candidates, maybe, it looks like, I mean, probably, reading between the lines, didn't really impress Detroit Pistons owner Tom Gores. And the leading candidate, which Troy Weaver has, which is which was Kevin Alley at the time, at least last week, the Bleacher Report article, at least to me, reading between the lines, felt like that maybe that was just Weaver's guy that he believed in. And maybe some of the other people in the front office maybe didn't agree with it. Maybe they did. But I'm reading in between the lines here. This is complete speculation based off the article. It sounded like there's a little bit of like, I don't want to say discombobulation, not not that. But I just feel like the original coaching search wasn't the best. That's all I'll say. So at the end of the day, I think this is a good thing. Look, I would have liked them not to, like, I I would have liked that they considered some of these guys originally. Now, some some of the coaches maybe are just like guys who just got fired. And now they want to reopen it because of guys that got fired, like Doc Rivers. Uh, Mike, Mike, I know Mike, Mike Budenholzer was fired. They could have done that with him a few weeks ago. But, I mean, I guess you could include him in there. Obviously, Monty Williams. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care if it took them two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. If, if this is the, 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 the line, the road that we had to walk down, for them to start interviewing those type of guys to re-interview some other guys and maybe reconsider some of the guys they had and to get a more thorough coaching search. If this is the road we had to go on, I'm, I'm fine with it. As long as you get to the end point, I don't care if you went this way, that way, this way, went all the way around, did a 360 and then, but as long as you end up at the same point that I ended up with on the straight path, it, it, I don't care how you got there as long as you end up at that place. So that's all I care about. I'm happy. I'm low-key happy that this is happening. Because I feel like they should have been interviewing other guys. They should have been taking into consideration some of these other guys. And who knows? Maybe they could still be in play for Monty Williams. I know Shams, like I said earlier, said them falling to five hurt their chances. Maybe maybe Monty has a change of heart. Maybe something changes. And maybe they can still get Monty Williams. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I, I know it's been a little bit of up and down, a, a weird, you know, I feel like it's been a weird coaching search at the very, at like, at the very least. Um, but... 
as long as they end up at the right point, as long as they end up with the right coach, as long as they're thorough and actually turn over every stone, I don't care how it, how it got there. As long as it gets there, I'm cool with it. So I'm going to be interested to see who these new coachings, who these no co- new coaches, my goodness, that they're bringing into the coaching search. Maybe they go back and re-interview some of the guys they had already interviewed. Maybe a guy like Chris Quinn. Maybe they re-interview him again. Or maybe they just go after, like, who knows? Maybe they go after a Monty. Maybe they go after a Doc Rivers. Maybe they go after uh, Mike Budenholzer. Maybe they go after one of those guys. So we'll see what happens. Um, but let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. How do you guys feel about this coaching search? How do you feel about this new news that they may be reopening it and considering other candidates now, which looks like they didn't. the three finalists didn't impress Tom Gores? What's your guys' takeaway from all this? What are you guys thinking? Who's a candidate that you guys hope they do go and interview if they do reopen their coaching search? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, the Pistons fell to fifth, which means there's a lot if they were the top three, there wouldn't be as many prospects to consider. But they're at five, so now there's a lot of prospects to consider. And one thing I've seen in the Pistons community that I feel like has to absolutely stop is some of the comparisons that's being put on some of these prospects. We'll talk about what it is, who the prospects are, what kind of comparisons I'm talking about when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Bird Dogs. You will look better and feel great wearing bird dogs their stretchy fabric make will make your legs look great and they're comfier than any of your other shorts or pants they'll give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course to a meeting a date or hanging out with any of your friends and dave portnoy i know you guys all know who dave portnoy is over at barstool you know he does those pizza reviews and while he's doing those pizza reviews he'd be wearing the bird dogs and talks about how he hates the pizza but his legs look great in bird dogs kyle football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut out there and hey it is what it is some of you guys may have that hey bird dogs is right there for you that makes them look great and feel comfortable part of my take host pft famously never wears pants if you obviously are familiar with them but the only shorts he actually does wear and truly loves are bird dogs so go to birddogs.com slash NBA, and when you enter promo code NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Yes, that means if you go to birddogs.com slash NBA and you simply use the promo code NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Again, head to birddogs.com slash NBA, enter the promo code, and you will get a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Before we get back into the episode, I do want to take a quick second to say happy birthday to my wife. When this episode drops, it will be her birthday. She's going through a lot. I appreciate all of you guys who have been reaching out, saying prayers, good wishes for her. Um, So I do want to say happy birthday to my wife. And I appreciate all of you guys, again, who have been wishing uh, good things onto her and and sending prayers over to her. Um, Appreciate all of you guys. um, And happy birthday to my wife. Uh, And we'll get right back now to uh, the episode. Again, thank you all. We really appreciate everything you guys have been saying for us. Uh, But... Anyways, like I said, let's go ahead and get back into the episode. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Um, Like I said earlier, the Pistons fell to fifth, which there's actually a funny video. If you guys follow me on Twitter, so I, I before I recorded this podcast, um, I was, you know, 
I went and brushed my teeth, you know, was getting ready. I was like, all right, let's go record the podcast. My boy knocks at the door and he comes in. He's like, hey, let me, let me sit down and take over the podcast real quick, trolling around and everything. And <laughs> I tweeted out the video of what he was saying. In the, and it was absolutely hilarious. Everyone on Twitter is loving it. He was talking about how, how much the Pistons got screwed falling the five. Like he gave a lot of like the emotions. And I thought it actually is pretty cool to look at. Because my boy, he's not like he's not like me. He's not watching every single game. And he's probably like a lot of you guys. You guys aren't everyone's not watching all the games super in depth. Like, I don't want to say casual, but more casual than someone obviously like myself who has to watch every single game and break down the plays and all, all that kind of stuff. So like seeing his his perspective and how like mad he was about it, I think it's pretty funny. You guys probably would enjoy it. So definitely go check that out. It was funny as hell. Um I feel like I, I'm watching it. I was like, yeah, this is probably how a lot of my listeners feel right now. But anyways, my point is is that they fell the fifth. So now it has everybody, Pistons fans, uh, it has everybody talking about so many prospects because this draft, after really like the top three, I'd say, it's just wide open. There's, there's guys, that if you look at mock drafts, they're at like four. And then another one, you'll see them at like eight. There's someone that you'll see at five. And then another one, you'll see them at like 18. Like it's all over the place. This, it, I think it says that it's a deep, draft class but also it's just like it's all over the place you don't know where guys are gonna go so this has led to Pistons fans talking about a bunch of prospects and one of the things one of the common things I'm seeing from Pistons fans from the Pistons community that has to stop is insisting on comparing each prospect some way somehow to a current Pistons player on the roster it, it, half of them, actually not even half of them, all of them don't make sense. And they have to stop because it's putting a limit. Not only is it putting a limit on the prospects that you're looking at, it also just ruins your expectations because your expectations will be met. It, it, they won't be met. You'll be confused watching them. You'll be confused talking about the prospects. And you won't really understand why maybe a team selects them or why the Pistons would select them if you keep comparing them to current Piston players. So I'll name some of the ones that I'm mentioning right now. So, one of the main ones I'm saying that really are, is frustrating is the Jairus Walker, Isaiah Stewart comps. They are not the same player at all. If you go and watch Jairus Walker, don't look at a picture of him where he has the same skin color and long hair and is super strong. Like, come on. We have to go deeper than just what a dude looks like with the comparisons. If you go and watch Jairus Walker, he does not play like Isaiah Stewart. If you just watch like one minute of him playing, you'll see him do a dribble package or at least attempt a dribble package that you've never seen Stu even try to do. Jairus Walker was shooting threes higher volume than Isaiah Stewart in college. Jairus Walker can do more with the ball in his hands. Jairus Walker is an elite level processor. He is a really damn good passer. Those are things Isaiah Stewart is not good at. Jairus Walker can handle the ball and... I think he has upside in the mid-range. I think he has upside offensive creation-wise. I don't believe Stu has that type of upside. Jairus Walker is more athletic than Isaiah Stewart. Like, these guys are not the... I could keep going on and on and on. These guys are not the same. Please. We have to go deeper with our comparisons rather than just looks. Jairus Walker does not play like Isaiah Stewart. They are not the same type of player. The closest thing that I can get with a Jairus Walker-Isaiah Stewart comp is that maybe Isaiah Stewart is the player people want, People or, or Jairus Walker is the player people want Isaiah Stewart to be. Like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe people envision Stu, like that's what they want from Stu. That's what they want of Stu. 
but they're not the same player. They're not the same player. Stop saying that. They're just they're not. They're not the same player. Another player that continues to get this comparison, Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore and Sadiq Bay are not the same type of basketball player. They're just not. The only comparison that they have between the two is that they have tattoos. They went to the same college. And the one, though I'll give you one. There's one basketball similarity that I have with those two. And it's the fact that they're not good processors. I don't think Cam Whitmore, from what I've watched, is a very good processor. He has a questionable decision-making. I, 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 that's the one comparison with him and Sadiq. Outside of that, and I know Sadiq's a former Piston, but whatever. Outside of that, they're not the same player. If you watch Cam, Cam Whitmore, I believe, just had the highest vertical at the Combine. Sadiq jumps, looks like he's being pulled back to the ground. Like, come on. Come on. Sadiq Bay on line drive to the basket, not getting off the ground and trying to draw a foul because he can't really get off the ground. Cam Whitmore, he's dunking on somebody's head. He, he's dunking on somebody's head. He's 18 years old. He's much younger. He, he has more upside creation, offensive, offensive creation upside, my goodness, than Sadiq Bay. And he probably has a higher ceiling defensively than Sadiq Bay. The only similarity between him and Sadiq is the fact that they're not great decision makers once they try to, like, they're usually just trying to score. And some people believe, I've talked to some people, some people believe the only reason why Cam Whitmore is like that is because that's the kind of offense they were running at Villanova. Like, that, that, I've heard people say that. I don't know if I believe it. But, like, that's, that's the end of the comparison. And there's other players that it's happening with, too. I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying this. We got to be better with the comparisons. We've got to be better with who we're comparing them to. Because it's not fair to either player you're comparing them to. And it also it puts false expectations and false ideas about these prospects throughout the Pistons fan base. So, look, just watch some of these players. Watch Jairus Walker play. Watch Cam Whitmore play. Another one. Another comparison I keep seeing. Oh, Amon Thompson is just Hamidou Diallo. Like, like no, he's not. They're not the same player. Him and Hami are not the same player. Like, please. Just just watch some of these guys. And instead of trying to force a comp to a, a, a piston player, just, just watch them and, and do your own evaluation and talk about what they can, can't do. And if you want to make a comp, go deeper than just a former piston or a piston player. Like, there's 29 other teams in the league Go deeper with the comps than that. But I, I, I don't like the comps, man. I don't like any of the comps that, that we're seeing from from the Pistons uh, community. It don't They don't make much sense. And, I mean, I'll leave it at that. So, I know there's a lot of fun with watching uh, prospects. I know you guys are really enjoying it. I'm, I'm having fun doing it. But, again, last I'll say it one more time. Just stop the comparisons to Piston players because most of them don't make any sense. So, that's it. Have you guys also been seeing the same co- comparisons but even besides that, let me know in the comment section down below, where are some prospects you guys are really liking and what do you like about said prospect? Don't just tell me a prospect that you like. Tell me what it is about the prospect that you enjoy or, or really are high on them for. Let me know that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. When we come back, I talked about in the first segment that the Pistons may be reopening their coaching search and maybe interviewing more experienced candidates. Could that mean that there's possibly a change in plans for the Detroit Pistons from what it was just two weeks ago? I'll tell you guys what I'm talking about when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. On whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way 
to support the podcast. So, over the last two weeks, like we said in the first segment, the Pistons have had their three finalists. And all of them are younger coaches. All of them are uh, would be first-time NBA head coaches. And what we were told from... Um, what we were told about like a week ago, week and a half ago, I believe it was, somewhere around that time frame, is that maybe the Pistons, it was in a, I, I, it might have been Jake Fisher again, or Mark Stein, one of the two. Um, but they said, maybe the Detroit Pistons are going after Kevin Alley or going after these other guys because they want to take more of a developmental approach for the next season. They're not trying to get a lot of wins. They're not trying to force the wins. They're not trying to force the the the... You know, the next step. They want to take more of a developmental and really rely on their young guys to get better and get them to that place. So they're going to take more of the developmental route, a coach that can grow with them, and maybe a coach that would be specialized in, like, development rather than just raw X's and O's. That was something that was being talked about, like, a week and a half ago. But now we're hearing that they might be interested in more experienced head coaches. Maybe they're interested in reopening and interviewing some other possible candidates that maybe wouldn't be down for just, you know, a developmental year. That wouldn't be down for just, you know, stacking losses on their coaching record. Like, maybe that's that's a possibility. So, could the Pistons be... Is it possible? There's two things I'm thinking of. Is it possible that Tom Gores is not down for that? And that's why he kind of isn't, you know, all in on these three candidates because he knows that would signal... Like, he understands Weaver's vision for next year maybe is to have a developmental year. And he doesn't want that. He wants to take a legit step next year. Is that possible? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Or two, maybe it's, it doesn't have to be like a big step, but maybe maybe they just don't want... A, maybe Tom Gorsuch doesn't want an inexperienced guy. Maybe he wants a guy he knows will be a good head coach, he feels like will be a good head coach, and someone who has proven that they know what they're doing. Maybe that's what it is. But either way, if they aren't going with a first-year head coach, if they're not going with a, with a, with a younger coach, if they aren't going with a guy that quote-unquote specializes in development, I, I feel like that could signal a different uh, idea of what they want to do next year. Maybe they do bring in a few more veterans in free agency. Maybe they do trade the fifth pick, like we've been hearing some rumors that they could be interested in doing. Maybe they do trade the fifth pick for a veteran. Maybe they do trade the fifth pick to move back into the draft. Maybe they do some of these things. Maybe they bump off some of the young guys on the team. Maybe they move off of Killian Hayes. Maybe they move off of Isaiah Livers. Heck, maybe they replace Isaiah Stewart. Like, what? Maybe they do these things. I think all these things are possible and things to consider if they do go the route of a more experienced head coach. Now, maybe they get a more experienced head coach, and that more experienced head coach is fine with losing next year and not in just focusing on development. Maybe that's the case. I know we not a lot of people were fans of Dwayne Casey, but after the first year with Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey basically was told, hey, we're going to a rebuild, and he was cool with it. He stayed and and, and helped develop and set the stand, or set the foundation here. You can argue about whether you think he did a good job developing, set the foundation. Like, you can argue about all that, but nonetheless, he accepted that, and he was a guy who won a lot in Toronto for nearly a decade. And he was brought to Detroit to win games. And then after one year, it completely changed. So... Maybe that happens. Maybe there is another guy like Dwayne Casey out there that's like, hey, you know, I've done a lot of winning in my career. I've done a lot of winning at different spaces. Now I kind of want to sit back, have more stability, and coach young guys and just develop, try to develop them and, and take, the, take this thing slowly. Maybe that's still the case. But I think at the very least, it, 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 it's, a, it's a point of conversation to have that could they possibly be changing 
their idea for next year. Maybe is Tom Gore's not sold on that idea, and maybe he wants a more competitive product next year. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think everything's on the table. We don't know what the Pistons are doing. Who knows what they're going to do? So we'll see what happens, man. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Let me know in the comment section down below what you guys are feeling like about all of this coaching news. Could they be changing course for next year? What do you think their course is for next year? Let me know all that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kukio. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe, enjoy these playoffs, and until next time, peace out.